Our third reading this morning is uh, once again from Matthew's account of Jesus teaching his disciples to pray, what we of course call the Lord's Prayer. And as we've done in, in past weeks, we will read it simply up to the part of the prayer that we're stopping to focus on today, which is the, the fifth petition about forgiving sins. I want to go ahead and point out at this point, as you hear Matthew's account of the Lord's Prayer, you're going to hear him use the terms debts and debtors instead of the more generic terms of sin and those who sin against us. Uh, maybe you remember that Matthew is a tax collector, so it kind of makes sense that he would talk in financial terms and those terms of debt would uh, make sense to him. Luke also talks about the Lord's Prayer. He uses the more generic term of sins, and I'm sure you're all familiar with the old school way of saying the Lord's Prayer, where we, we use the word trespasses. So you know, many different words, each with their own nuances, but all essentially the same concept. And uh, perhaps someday it'd be good to have a Bible study to talk through some of those terms in their meetings. But I just want you to understand that for our purposes this morning, I'm going to use the phrase and terminology that we're used to saying every, day, every week uh, as, as we say the Lord's Prayer, uh, which is forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So with that little disclaimer before we uh, get started, let's go ahead and, and read this text from Matthew chapter 6. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. This is the word of the Lord. And as I said, our text is that last part, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, so here we are, just about the middle of October. Have a nice, refreshing little burst of cool air. Uh, some of you would say, ooh, freezing cold out there. But no doubt you are already now thinking about Christmas. Right? That's what you were going to say? How many of you have gotten your Christmas shopping done? Good. Good. I'm glad I'm not a bunch of, among a bunch of sicko overachievers. How, anybody started on your Christmas shopping? Oh, okay, good. Now a couple of you. My wife is among those, already thinking about the grandkids, of course, right? Uh, but thinking about Christmas shopping and gift giving, any of you ever re-gifted something? Oh, not intentionally. Uh, okay, come on, you can all admit it. You're sheepishly raising your hand. All right. Well, make sure we all understand regifting, of course, is when you receive a gift and for whatever reason you don't want to keep it, that you don't want to trash it, you don't want to return it. So instead, you give it to somebody else as a gift. That way, you get rid of some junk out of your house and make you look good at the same time, right? Just remember, don't accidentally give it to the person who first gave it to you, right? That can be a little messy. Today, as we think about this fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus has us thinking about regifting. Regifting to others that precious gift of forgiveness that God has given to us. 
And, and so my message to you this morning based on this petition is simply this. Forgiveness is a great gift to re-gift. It is indeed a great gift for us, first of all. It is also, we must remember, a great gift for us to give to others. So forgiveness is a great gift to re-gift. All right, so let's start by talking about that great gift that God has for us, the gift of forgiveness. And this is what Jesus teaches us about in the, the first part of this petition when he teaches us to pray simply, Father in heaven, forgive us our sins. Now, when we talk about a gift and we think about a gift that we're going to re-gift, usually it's because we don't like it, we don't need it, it you know, we don't appreciate it for, for whatever reason. Uh, it's just not something we want to keep around. But this gift of forgiveness that we're talking about today is just the opposite, isn't it? This is a great gift, and it is one that we desperately need, and I hope one that we all desperately crave. Ever since the fall of Adam and Eve into sin, you know how this works. Every single human being through history, with one exception, and that is, of course, our Lord Jesus Christ, but every single human being since has been infected with this sinful, deadly disease. And, and, and even for you and me here today as baptized children of God, People who want to walk in God's ways, who want nothing more than to talk the talk and walk the walk. People who I assume may not have a perfect knowledge of God's commands, but a pretty good sense of what is right and wrong according to God's word. And we want to follow that. Even for us, we still at the end of the day come to grips with the fact that we too have sinned in thought, in word, in deed, not just once in a while, but on an ongoing basis. And then we couple that with the fact, the hard truth that Scripture says the wages of sin is death. And the fact that if sin is left unrepented, we perish for eternity in hell. So we first of all realize that this gift of forgiveness is something we desperately need. And Jesus, by teaching us to pray this prayer, would have us realize that. Maybe you remember a story that Jesus told to kind of uh, exemplify this. Uh, he told a story about a, a Pharisee and a tax collector who were praying at the temple. And he said the Pharisee was there praying as if he was saying, you know, God, I bet you're glad to have me on your team because, you know, I'm not like all those other bad people out there and I give so much and then he said, on the other hand, there was this tax collector who, it seemed like he was even ashamed to be at God's temple. And he's, he's down on his knees praying, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And you know which one Jesus was commending, don't you? It was that tax collector because he knew how he really stood before God. And he was approaching God with that humble and penitent heart. When Jesus teaches us to pray, forgive us our sins, he is first teaching us to have that same humble and penitent heart. To realize that how we stand before God and that we're not worthy of any of the things that we pray for and have not deserved them. But understand, this is not a prayer of sheer hopelessness, right? This is not, oh yeah, woe is me, all is lost kind of a prayer, is it? 
nor is Jesus teaching us to pray some great and grand promises to God that will, God, I'm going to make up for what I've done. Uh, you know, just give me the strength to, 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 to pay back for my sins. No, that's not what Jesus is teaching. When he teaches us to pray, uh, forgive us our sins, not only does he want us to understand our sinful condition before God, he also wants you to very clearly understand that God is the one there to forgive you your sins. As much as scripture is clear about our sinful condition, I would dare say it is even more clear about the forgiveness of sins that God has for you. If you read the scriptures at all, folks, you can't miss it. I I think about the prophet Jeremiah, hundreds of years before Jesus came, and he was describing the the new covenant that God was going to bring about with, uh, with the coming Savior. And he described it as one where God would say to his people, I will forgive your wickedness and will remember your sins no more. And when John the Baptist came on the scene, right before Jesus started his ministry, his message and his preaching was described as bringing people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. And Jesus himself, when his mission on earth was done, right before he ascended into heaven, He told his disciples, hey, this message of Christianity is going to go to all nations. And you know what the message is? Basically, in one sentence, repentance for the forgiveness of sins. This is the message of Scripture. Think of the Bible as God's love letter to you. To say, I know you've messed up, but I forgive you. And then it's not just some kind of generic uh, love letter to the whole mass of humanity. It is God's love letter directly to you. He gave that love letter to you personally when you were baptized. Because what does Scripture say? We're baptized for the forgiveness of sins. He gave you his love letter at that time to say, I forgive you. And just in case you forget just in case you start to doubt because you kind of look back at your track record, he gives it to you again and again in the Lord's Supper where he gives you his body and blood that Jesus says, this is given and shed for you for the remission of sins. This is my love letter to you. Your sins are forgiven. So the point is, as as we pray this prayer, it is not just high-in-the-sky kind of theology. It is not just wishful thinking, but it is a prayer that we pray in confidence and absolute assurance, knowing that God is the one to forgive us our sins. This is his gift to us, and there is no greater gift than we can get than that precious gift of forgiveness. All right, so now having, having talked about this precious gift that, uh, that God has for us, Jesus goes on as he wants us to also know the importance of re-gifting that gift to others. He teaches us to pray not just forgive us our sins, but to go on in the prayer to say, as we forgive those who sin against us. I'm almost a little ashamed or sad to say, people, (laughs) my friends, 
I can't gloss over or whitewash or sugarcoat what Jesus says about the necessity of us forgiving one another's sins. In Matthew's account of the Lord's Prayer, right after he finishes teaching the Lord's Prayer, he circles back to this particular petition and he expands on it and he says, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Maybe you remember the story that Jesus told to kind of exemplify this point. There was a servant who owed a huge mountain of debt to his master and couldn't pay. And the master said, I'm just going to cancel it. I'm going to rip up that IOU, throw it away. You're free to go. And unfortunately, that servant went out and found someone else who owed him just a small amount of money and couldn't pay. And, and instead of canceling that one's debt, he had him thrown in jail. And oh, the master heard about that. Oh, he blew his top. He got so angry at that first servant, the one who, whose debt he had canceled. And he says, I'm throwing you back in jail until you pay your debt then. And Jesus concluded that story by saying, hey, this is how my heavenly father is going to treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. So yes, this forgiveness, regifting business is serious business, isn't it? And I'm sorry to say I can't sugarcoat that for you. Now, I want to take a minute or two to make sure we all understand just a couple things about what it means to forgive someone. And maybe the best way to do that is to think about what it doesn't mean. Just a couple things. First of all, forgiveness doesn't mean that you say, ah, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Okay? When someone sins against you, that is not okay. In fact, Jesus even uh, said, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. In other words, call a spade a spade. And then he goes on, if they repent, forgive them. So forgiveness means that we don't ignore it. We don't kind of sweep it under the rug. Don't act like it never happened. But we acknowledge the sin for what it is. And we say, I forgive you. I'm not going to hold it against you. And by the way, parents of young children, uh, as you keep that in mind as you're disciplining your children and, and maybe, uh, maybe we're used to saying afterwards, hey, you know, I still love you. But I bet nine times out of 10, if you're like me, you say, you know, I still love you. It's okay. Learn to say, I forgive you. Teach your kids that. Second, forgiveness doesn't mean that we keep track of it or we hold on to it. Sometimes you might hear somebody say, well, I'm gonna, I'll forgive them, but I'm not going to forget it. Okay, so maybe our brain cells are wired such that we can't mentally forget that something happened to us, but I don't think that's what people usually mean when they say that. Right? Usually they mean, hey, I'm going to keep this in my back pocket, and if it, something happens again, I'm going to bring it out and hold it in your face. Say, remember what you did last time. Hey, remember or think about what, how, how God treats your sins 
one of the verses I quoted earlier, a couple times in scripture, it says, God remembers your sins no more. And there's a verse I really love from Isaiah where God says to us, I have swept away your offenses like a cloud, your sins like the morning mist. They're gone. Forgiveness is that blessed kind of forgetfulness. Or or remember when Peter asked Jesus, Lord, how many times shall I uh, forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Obviously thinking that was uh, excessive. And Jesus said, no, not just seven times, but 77 times. Or maybe you remember the translation, 70 times seven. The point is ongoing, limitless, boundless, right? Forgiveness means we don't keep track. We don't hold on to it. We forgive it as if it never happened. I'll be the first to admit here that forgiving people especially forgiving in some of those ways that we talked about, but forgiving people can sometimes be extremely tough. Especially if it's from someone who is particularly close to you. Sometimes the people who love or who are closest to us hurt us the most. What they say or what they do. Sometimes it can hurt and hurt bad and those cuts can run really deep and it can take time to heal. I understand. And all we really want to do is lash out. We want to get them back, make them pay for what they did or said to us. We want to give them a little taste of their own medicine so they know how it feels. At least we just want to hold a grudge as if that's going to make us feel better. Forgiveness can be tough sometimes. But nowhere in Scripture do I find where Jesus says, hey, if, that's, if it's just a really tough situation, you don't have to forgive them. I don't find that in Scripture. Must forgive. So how are we to deal with that kind, those kinds of tough situations where it's really hard to forgive someone? My advice to you would simply be go back to square one. Go back to that first part of the petition and get down on your knees with the rest of your brothers and sisters in Christ who are going through the same kinds of things and pray, Father, forgive us our sins. Father, forgive me my sins. And then lift up your head with joy and remember that this is a prayer of confidence because you know that your Father in heaven does forgive your sins. You have his word on it. You have the blood of Jesus shed on the cross for the remission of sins as your guarantee that your sins really are forgiven. And rejoicing then in that precious gift of forgiveness that God gives you every day See then if re-gifting that forgiveness might just be a little easier for you. So it was, what, about five weeks ago that we began this walk through the Lord's Prayer. And we began even with just how do we address God? We address Him as our Father in heaven. And Pastor uh, talked to us uh, saying that it's all about the relationship, right? How great it is that we have a father-child relationship 
with God. And thinking about that relationship and the gift that we're talking about today uh, brings to mind when Jesus said, what father, if his child asks for bread or a fish, is going to give him a rock or a, or, or a snake? Our Heavenly Father only has the best gifts to give us. And the best of the best, I dare say, is this gift of forgiveness. Where God says to you, your sins are forgiven. And yes, Jesus reminds us that that gift is something we should continually re-gift to others. But thanks and praise be to God that his gift of forgiveness to us is so complete, so free, so boundless, so limitless, so comprehensive that it can't help but overflow from us to others. And for that good news, that great news of God's gift of forgiveness to us, all God's people say, Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.